0: Ridiculous. Oh! Oh my
1: gracious, Hello, everyone. Welcome to Around the court squash podcast. for Forsythe, show Crawford. How are you doing, fellas?
0: Good, thanks. Up early this morning. Nice and nice and early start to get as much squash in as possible.
1: Playing or watching? What do you think? Of course, watching.
2: <laughs> Just had to check. First day of Alguna.
0: It's been a couple of months since our last big event,
2: so I was excited. Yeah, got a little got a little washing in myself today, um, but all good. Just kind of channeling you boys this week. I got a good good cycle in. Went for a run. I think the day after. Not a uh, not Arthur and Stuart distances or times, but I'm, you know, doing my best.
0: It wasn't far off. You showed us what you what you did. Seemed yeah. pretty pretty epic to me.
1: I think you did, you definitely did longer. You did thirty miles, right?
0: Yeah, on the
1: no. bike, not on the not on the feet. No, who does thirty miles on their feet? <laughs> only a madman.
2: Yeah,
0: Stuart is in that minority. <laughs> I'm a, I'm actually on target for the most miles I've ever run in a single month this month, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep it up. I'm definitely starting to feel pretty tired and run down, so. I need to average about nine miles a day for the rest of the month. Come on, that's nothing. <laughs> Let's go, bro. Yeah, we'll see. 99 uh, miles between now and then, is that right? some uh, I'm not sure exactly where it is. It's like 180 kilometers, <laughs> whatever that works out as.
1: Oh, you're, asking wrong, yeah. you're asking the wrong person there.
0: Um, and it may be derailed by a little trip to Vegas this weekend if I manage to pick up tickets to go and watch Josh Taylor fight Um, but that's in the balance. ticket prices are going in the wrong direction
1: (laughs) oh man, it's a hard life well, before you get off on your Vegas trip um, so you've been up since 6.30 what's been happening?
0: Well, yeah, I've watched quite a few matches. Um, we actually had two of our pen players got the, the two wild cards in the men's draw, so watched both those boys play. Um, the second of them, Ali Abu Elinan playing his first big platinum event. In fact, both of them playing their first big platinum event. But Ali has done fairly well on the college squash scene in the last few years. He was uh, runner-up in the college individuals last year. Didn't take place this year, obviously, but... He lost to former world junior champion Marvin Tarek in five, so I think most people that follow, uh, follow college squash would have known a little bit about Ali and known that he was a pretty high-level player, but he certainly demonstrated that today in his match. He played Yusuf Solomon and lost the first two games 12-10, 14-12. Then he won the third, ran away with it at 11-3 and then another tight game in the fourth, 11-8, so Yusuf just a little bit better and the end of the games. I think Ali was up early on in all four games and then sort of mid to end of the game Yusuf seemed to just play a little bit steadier and managed to close it out at the end. And uh, the other guy was a young guy who's actually on our team but I've never actually met him and today was pretty much the first time I've ever seeing him play because he's uh, he started last uh, September but he's been in Egypt the whole time and he's still not got a visa so um quite I've quite spoken to him on Zoom calls and team meetings quite a few times, but just watching him play, he came up against Yusuf Ibrahim. And he's still a junior, still under 19, uh, so he's just playing with his goggles, which I'm sure he doesn't train with over in Egypt. Um, but yeah, he struggled against Yusuf and started okay in the first, and then once Yusuf got some confidence and got the first game in the bag, he was just far too sharp. Or, uh, Roger Badour,
1: his name is Roger Badour sounds very French
0: it does a little bit, yeah Egyptian yeah, and he's got a brother called Chris, who was a former British Junior Open champion or runner-up, I'm not quite sure, but um, Roger and Chris basically, it's not, not the typical Egyptian names um, and then, yeah I've caught a little bit, i just watched a bit of Gautier against Nathan Lake there um, Gautier closed it out 3-1 but probably didn't look he complimented him on how sharp he looked the last tournament at blackball right. he actually started really really sharp but then once Nathan got into it it wasn't quite as straightforward for Gautier as I'm sure he's hoping
1: Nathan's pretty uh, good in those courts that's where he uh, he, he took out uh, no, he didn't take him out actually in 2016 when he played uh, Kareem Abdel-Guardi when Tula the on
2: those courts yeah just thought i'd just throw that in there Uh, i I watched a little bit of that one too and it it did it's funny like goche can play in so many different ways and uh i watched mostly the end of the match and he was kind of just trying to overpower nathan a little bit there and um you know looking forward to to Dasuki, i'm sure that's not going to be the strategy
1: yeah it'll be interesting I, i think uh I, I'm going to go bold. I'm going to say the general's going to take out Di on the hot court. Wow. Yeah, why not? Because then if it comes <laughs> off, it's like, geez, he knows a thing or two. And if it doesn't, it's like, well, he was just thinking with his heart there because he wanted, <laughs> he wanted the general to go through to the glass court. So there you go. Yeah, I
0: mean, just last match is currently in, in play at the moment. So it's actually someone we should probably talk about, Patrick Rooney and Dick James. So Patrick is 2-1 up and it's 5-4 in four the fourth at the moment. But um, it's worth noting that Patrick's had a really good run recently. One, I um, forget the exact name of it. I think it was like the England Squash Challenge or England Squash Championship. But he actually played Deck in the final of that event about three or four weeks ago, I believe, and beat him three love. Uh, And also last time out on the tour, he lost in five at the black ball to Joe Macon. So he's obviously really improved his game and he's starting to threaten not just guys ranked above him, but guys who are significantly ahead of him up in uh, around the top 20 mark. So um, he seems like he's going to be a threat over the next few years.
1: Yeah, he's a quality player. I remember him when he was coming to the end of his junior career and it was quite noticeable like that he could, he had the potential back then. You could see the potential that he had to go really far. So, and uh, I don't know, he, like, like, as you sort of mentioned, he won that tournament and gave Joel a good run Um the last event uh, in Egypt. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I would back him to beat James. He was too low up, I saw the first two games.
0: Um, yeah, Dick just won the third, eleven nine. 9. So, now. Six five and the fourth to Patrick, um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. He was a good junior. He's still quite young, but he's sort of taken a few years to come through and work his way up. It's so tough at those lower levels in the sort of challenger tour and getting into some of the bigger events. That even for someone with a pretty good junior career, it still takes two or three years just to work your way up the rankings. Unless you're obviously Mustafa Sal or someone of that calibre.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that there's a couple people that have seemed to be, you know, I knew their name, I've known their name for quite a long time. And they're, you know, starting to get some good breakthrough wins and hurts all of us probably to see our main man, Kleine, go down. But Shahajan Khan's another guy like he's been playing that 5K and 10K circuit um, for, you know, as long as I can remember, because he's played a lot of the tournaments in North America um you know it's pretty pretty big win uh and there might be a couple of people missing from this event because it seems like a few people that don't always get into the platinums are, are in it but yeah it's I mean shows you know how long how long and how how much hard work it takes to to really break in this many good players.
0: Leo Cardenas is another player
2: that I keep expecting to
0: have a big breakthrough he seems to do really well on the sort of 5 and 10k events circuit Uh, he's got a lot of tournament wins and titles from then and then every time he steps up to these bigger events I think he's going to be a bit of a threat but again he didn't really seem to challenge he played in Yao today and looked like it was fairly straightforward although I didn't actually see the match but just going by the score yeah but yeah, I've seen him play a reasonable amount and he's a very good player, but it just doesn't seem to be able to quite challenge the top guys. Yeah.
1: Right. It just goes right. to show how good those guys are, though, as well. And that when he's if he's playing the tournaments that he's... I mean, everyone's a good player, but, you know, and he's coming through those, so he's making semis, finals and, and lifting a few, uh, few trophies. But it's a different level when you get up against those guys and I think because without the qualifying nowadays, you, you probably get less of a chance to play the, just the level above, I think. maybe I could be completely wrong, but it just seems to be like the slightly separate tours, the challenge tour and the main tour, that your opportunities to be exposed and to play the guys on the main tour or like the top 40, uh, give or take, are less. I wouldn't say few and far between, but definitely less than what they used to be. So maybe bridging that gap is just that little bit harder.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking in terms of like the last tournament he won in Texas actually about a couple of weeks ago, he beat uh, Nathan Lake in the final and Nathan is starting to establish himself in these bigger events and show that he can challenge people just got a game off Gote and he had a good run to the last 16 in the Egyptian Open, I think it was last year. So it's strange that Nathan can obviously play at that level when he plays in these events. And Leo, when he plays Nathan and the smaller events, can beat
1: him. I think he beat him for love, actually, as well. So, um, he's probably what about, capable. What about is, um, what's, what's Le- Lionel's... Um, sorry, Lionel. <laughs> what's <laughs> Lionel Richie? How are you doing? Messi. Messi. Oui. Wee. What, what's his... Because uh, I know, like, Nathan's kind of surrounded by a lot of, like, top-class players. Like, what's his kind of training environment like? Is he around players that is he getting that exposure and training maybe that could be one thing
2: yeah i feel like he's been in been in mexico and you know done well on this north american tour but yeah i mean it's uh i think he's probably one of those guys who now has to start making the decision you know do i win these do i kind of win these smaller events which which keeps them at a decent ranking and makes them some money and you know get some you know, keeps him maybe closer to Mexico or like, is he, does he start trying to go for these events where you might only get one match, you know, and you can con- kind of consistently pull really strong players in the first round. It's like, I don't know, you're getting some exposure, but it's unless you're getting through a couple matches, you're not getting that much, uh, you know, for your bang for your buck, I guess you could say. I think Why it's also. Awesome-
0: one of the problems with the, the current situation and the, the sort of lack of tournaments is there's nothing in the middle. So we obviously have these big platinum level events on Squash TV or some of the sort of not quite platinum, but just the level below that, but still attracting all the top players. And then we're starting to see more 5 and 10K events in the Challenger Tour. But there's nothing in between where someone like that could go as a maybe as a 916 seed and have a shot at. Uh, a top eight seed that isn't in the top 20 or 30 in the world and then it's not quite as big a gap if you see what I'm saying so I think um, once those tournaments start to come back in the calendar which hopefully will start to happen in the next 6 to 12 months maybe it will be a little bit easier to incrementally move up and maybe win a small event then play a medium sized event and then also play a couple of bigger platinum events
1: yeah. Speaking of the next six to twelve months, big news in the squash world. Sorry, slight complete tangent, but the world men's teams was moved from New Zealand to Malaysia. Confirmed for December eleventh. Let's go.
0: So that does that mean your st- training starts today for you, Irish national team? Listen, I never stop, bro. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <didn't> <laughs> say
1: Just doing a little, a lot. Just, just taking along. Just taking
0: along. Consistency is the key.
2: No. I was um, gonna say, Stuart, what did what did you call that squash we were playing when we were up in Rhode Island? Just nothing? I didn't realize you were playing,
0: I thought you were paying him for coaching.
2: <laughs> I was I was sharpening him up. I sharpening. Mean,
0: it looked like he was just standing in one place and moving the ball around. I, I thought it was hey, a evening pressure session. You yeah, know? I, yeah. Hey, I, I got,
2: I got, I got stats to prove it. I got heart rate. Okay. I got heart rate monitors to prove that I, I gave him a good run. Yeah, but
0: your heart rate monitor doesn't tell us anything. It's his heart rate monitor that matters. I know. We compared.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just, just checking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see sure do you see my heart rate starts moving i only need to move one or two steps to get the heart rate
0: going i <laughs> yeah. was smart, smart enough to stay well clear of that it's a lot easier to throw these jokes out when you're not on court
2: <laughs>
0: what a beautiful um, game!
2: so there's some good kind of uh good matchups on the women's side in the second round um nothing nothing too crazy in the first round by the looks of it um
0: yeah, I caught a little bit of a handful of matches, actually. I was quite disappointed in a few of the matches I, I watched a little bit. And then I was just just looking through the matches and looking at some of the match times. So there was quite a few really sort of one-sided matches, which I think just highlights that there's maybe still a need for the, the women's tour to get a little bit deeper. I know certainly at the top of the game, the depth is... Getting stronger in terms of the number of players that can really challenge for big events now. I think you can make a legitimate case that there's at least eight players that are now in contention to win most of these events. Um, and even outside that, there's probably, if you go down to like 16 to 20, those girls are also a real threat to those top eight players, even if they maybe can't back it up and win three matches back to back. But it's noticeable that once you get down to maybe outside the top 40 or 50, there's certainly a big golfing standard between like a, a player ranked 20 to 30 and a player ranked um, 50 to 60. Just I think there was half of the matches today in the women's side of the draw were under half an hour, including three that were under 20 minutes. And I think the average was only 31 minutes per match, which compares to the,
2: the men's matches were sitting at an average of about 50 minutes.
1: Look at CFX go here, huh? <laughs>
2: and I was gonna yeah. say, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. I think thirty minutes is my, you know, my sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One match that
0: stood out actually was the, the match between
1: uh, Melissa Alves.
0: And no, Mel- it was Anna Serm and Maya Hani. Oh. Was uh, a five-setter in thirty-six minutes. So. Yeah, the Melissa Alves' match was also five setter, but it was it was actually the longest match of the day on the women's side, fifty three minutes. With yeah, Mina Hamid winning. Yeah, tough one. Um, but yeah, looking ahead to the next couple of days, any any standouts for you guys? Any matches that you're looking forward to?
1: Are we going straight into? Are we going to do standouts? we just going to get let's get let's get down to business, man. Huh?
2: Right. I'll, I'll, pick? I can I can give a couple of both. I got. I mean, obviously, I think uh, you know the the glitch was fixed. Honey and Camille is back, so you know everyone's going to be looking looking forward to that one. Except them. <laughs> Except them, and then I think did, was uh, did SJ take down Sherbini on her way to victory? The mm-hmm. last. Her she wrestling. did in the,
0: the December black ball, but then they yeah. played again in the March black ball and Shabini got revenge.
2: Yeah, so that's obviously a good one to highlight. And uh I I I I'm calling um, Amanda Solby to to take out Gohar on the bottom half. And I am going to call Sherbini to get through and take out Hania. And eventually beat friend of, the pro- friend of the podcast, friend of the program, Amanda Sobey, in the final. But would love our friend of the program to win this title. We'll make that clear.
1: Clear as night is dark <laughs> and day is light. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go for a, a Sobey win, to be honest. Outright win. I'm not going to muck around with any of these other like
2: this could happen and that could happen. What about the bottom half or the top half, though? Oh, link there.
1: So so who's going to win the top half? (laughs) I think uh, I think Hanya's going to win the top half. So he's going to win the bottom half. So he's going to win.
2: Okay.
1: I actually, I mean, Shabini's class. (laughs) Like maybe, but I just feel I just have a strange feeling Hanya
0: might come through. Interesting. Another hot take there from Arthur. Shabini is class. World number
2: <laughs> yeah, one. Oh, yeah, I
0: mean four time can... world champion. She's she can play. Oh yeah. man, she is amazing. I'd love that's watching people, her play.
2: That's why people tune into this for that kind of you know insight. Yeah, that that's it. Yeah. I mean last <laughs> week I think I said uh
1: who was it? Galt is some player, Marwan, maybe? I don't know. Anyways, so they're all amazing really when you get when you think about it. Um yeah, let's go Hanya.
0: I'm going to play it safe as usual and this is the, the only top- reason
1: by the way I'm not I'm not like back in Srebini it's just I, I want to just have some banter with you like because I don't want to all to go on the on, on the bandwagon but I do think regardless of who gets through the top
2: half I think, uh, I, think I am back in a Sobe win that I do think will happen I, I, yeah I've been you know, following her Instagram stories and she's just posting green whoop recoveries like uh, you can only dream about. So she's ready. Maybe that means she's not training hard enough. (laughs) You never know. Or,
1: actually, no. I have nothing else. I'm actually, speaking of green, I was on my best ever streak until this morning. And I don't know why. And you know, the interesting thing is, you know, I have most nights, like a couple of nights a week, I'll have a beer or two, all right? wake up the next day and, and I'm thinking going to bed thinking like I'd love to have another one, but I don't have, I don't want to get in the red zone. Don't want to get. And then, and I know having a beer, I might get in the, in the orange zone or wake up. It's green. like happy days last night. <laughs> had a lovely, healthy pasta dish. Right. Yeah. Wake up this morning. 42%. Rate. Isn't that the worst? Oh man. Just, uh, I feel like I should have just had a beer and I probably would have woken up in the green.
2: You want to know what my you want to know what my uh, secret to success was a little while back? Go on. It was a little bit of strawberry ice cream at night. I was convinced it was keeping me in the green. So I had a little bit of a little bowl of strawberry ice cream. Wake up, <laughs> feeling great in the green. And then you know sometimes it just doesn't work. But uh, yeah, it's all self experimentation, right? Whatever yeah, works yeah, for yeah. you.
1: Yeah. Although I did do a big session on the old bike last night. <laughs> so probably yeah anyways
0: um, my turn then pick mine. well we
1: know your turn we know what you're going to do
0: <laughs> I'm going to pick I actually think um, Joel King is going to come through against Gohar in the quarters Um, and then her match with Amanda well potentially against Amanda the semis could be interesting but if you guys are both saying a man is training hard based on her Instagram, then I'll go with that. That's enough for me. <laughs> it's obviously, what it's all about. I don't have an Instagram, so I can't even comment or have an opinion on that. Um, Top half of the top half, obviously, Shabini. Can't go against her. Um, you can, but you don't. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, she would potentially come up against SG in the, in the quarter or something. I think I'd back Shabini there. Then you've got um, Hanya and Camille, potentially, according to Seedings. The the bottom half of the top half, I think I would probably go with Hanya there. And I think I'll take Shabini to make the final. And I'm going to back Shabini to win as usual.
1: (laughs) there you go there you go I I actually I fell asleep there for a bit Stuart because I knew (laughs) what was coming out in the end Uh, but but now that we've gotten through that
0: (laughs) there's a few matches over the next couple of days just in round two that sort of stand out to me in the women's draw but I think talked about a few one-sided matches today I certainly don't expect any of these to be one-sided so you've got um, Olivia Klein against Lucy Turmel, you've got Olivia Victor against Neila Gillis you've got um Tesni who's who was injured in the last event um, playing a young Malaysian girl Siva Subramaniam I think that could be quite an interesting match yeah um and then
1: Holly Norton and Joshna Chupna, I was another one just going to
0: say Chris your compatriot Holly coming up against Joshna um so yeah there's there's quite a few matches um that I think could be fairly well-contested and potentially some upsets there. Yeah. Um, and moving yeah, on.
1: Moving on to, on. to the lads, yeah.
0: Dude. Again, one of the interesting things in the men's side of the draw is there's quite a few little sections that don't have a seed in them where it's almost really open and a great opportunity. So you've got a um, little section just under Shabagi, where originally had George Parker, Todd Harrity, Baptiste and Edmund Lopez. Uh, Todd Harrity actually had a really good win, Free Love, against George Parker, so he now plays your boy, Arthur Baptiste, who came through against Edmund. But we've spoken in the past about how I'm not a huge fan of the way the seeding is done and how a nine sixteen seed can potentially play a, a Top eight seeds before the last 16, but it does certainly op- open up the draw and create some opportunities for these guys. I'd say you are like, pretty
1: happy to see Logan topped up against the first seed though, right? No comment.
0: <laughs> um yeah. It's just the luck of the draw there. But then you also have a few other sections where Patrick Rooney, who's now just confirmed as playing against Dick James, will play Dimitri Steinman. So one of those two will make the last 16. I would guess, might be wrong, but I would guess that for either of them, that would be the first time making the last 16 of an event like this. Uh, you've also got Yusuf Ibrahim playing in Yao, again, two players outside the top 16, a good opportunity for one of them. And then the last little section like this was um, Alan Klein, Shazi Khan, and uh, Augustus Sword against Victor Cruin. Victor plays Shadjohan
1: Khan in the in the last thirty two. So, did you didn't did you mention uh, Rafa and Lucas?
0: Oh yeah, sorry, missed that one at the bottom. Oh, I need to go that. Losing your touch, bro. My screen's too
2: small. Small. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, it's not the size of the screen; it's how you use it. Spending all your money on big trips to Vegas. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Got to spending all your money on big trips to Vegas.
0: I'd definitely take a small screen and a trip to Vegas over a bigger screen any day of the week, that's for sure.
1: And you've made up your mind. So you got to book it after this, right? Um,
0: but yeah, it's just, I always wonder how players feel when they get drawn in those sections, because obviously it creates a, a really good opportunity, but it also probably adds some pressure where you're suddenly thinking, oh, it could be could be months or maybe even a year until I get another chance like this to make... Uh, of last 16 of a platinum event without actually having to beat a top 16 player. So it'd be easy to look ahead for sure. Yeah. I'd say they look, smell good. Look blood. at the old
2: They're carrot dangling out in front of you. Like, yeah, I can reach that carrot. I can get that carrot. The old donkey and carrot. Donkey. You no, know they say it's all about one match at a time. <laughs> they do say that.
1: I've never heard that before.
0: I've heard it from just about every single PSA player that's ever been interviewed in the last three years.
1: Except for Marwan.
0: Yeah. Actually, if we, if we want to start off with the predictions of what round will Marwan lose because it's pretty obvious he's going to lose. I mean, there's no way that he's going to win the tournament. He's, he's not good Whoa. enough. He's, he got lucky in blackball last time. Uh, there you go, Marwan. If you do win, it's on all thanks to that. Yeah fire in the belly I mean it's just a case of whether he loses second round third round quarters semis interesting
1: it's it's, yeah. it's it's the same draw as uh same little quartet of um, Ali Farag had right a couple of months yeah. ago
0: it is it's absolutely brutal I mean he's got a al and and Asal just to make the quarters where he played the Suki
1: yeah
0: get yeah, much tougher than that.
2: It's what he wants, baby.
0: Yeah. It's
1: a challenge, huh?
2: <laughs> okay, so what do we who do we like? Stuart, start us, we can go in reverse reverse snake draft order. Okay, well
0: top half I think um I think Shabagi is gonna come through and take his revenge on Joe Macon after losing to him in black ball. Um I think Marwan will come through and make the make the semis, but I'm going to predict Mohammed to win that one for the final.
2: Are you well, saying that? Are you saying that for real or just to fire up Marwan? That's the real. Um, Marwan can make his own interpretation there. <laughs> uh,
0: the one that interests me that we've not really seen at his best for a while now is uh, Gawad. So, so he could potentially come up against. Paul Call in the quarters, but he would have to get through. Well, he's got Shabini tomorrow, and then he would have to play Zahid Salen, who beat him actually the last time they played in black ball. So be interesting to see if he's recovered from whatever injury he had when he pulled out last time. Uh, and then based just based purely on form, I would say Paul would have to be the favourite for that match. Seems like he's been playing fairly... Well and consistently, maybe not getting the breaks that you'd hope for with some tight defeats, but I'm going to back him to make the semis there against. I'll play it safe again and go Tarek, and then I think I might say Paul Cole to make the final, and Shabagi to win it overall. I'm going
1: to go similar, but I'm going to say Paul Cole to win it overall. I'm going—I just go straight for the win, straight for gold. I just, had, I think, you know, he's had a couple of tough, like unbelievable performances. Literally just came shy of a tiebreaker in the fifth here and there. I think in the law of averages, I think he's going to be, he's super consistent. He's going to put himself in that same position again. And not, it's not based purely just on the law of averages, but um, I do think he'll come through. I think he's going to, for, for me, I think he's going to win the tournament. I think he'll win. That obviously means he'll get through the bottom half, probably against. Well, I don't really know. Um, maybe Tarek, maybe him and Tariq in the semis. And then in the top half, a Sherbagi semifinal with um, Mohamed Mohammed coming through as well. I, and I would say, I base that just Marwan's his preparations for this event have been um, not as ideal as he would have liked. And I think as much as he's more than capable of rising to the challenge, uh, he might save him save himself for a world open there you go not save himself but that's ridiculous but you know what I mean
2: yeah um despite all that despite his tough his tough little string here of um, of of uh, you know preparation I think I gotta go with Marwan after that conversation the guy just fired me up um I'm, I'm gonna call him to win the event I think obviously there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of roadblocks in front of in front of these these top guys, but um, I, I do think Paul is going to get through to the final. I think he's due, and I think I think if uh, Marwan gets through with Saul, who seems to be kind of he seems to kind of thrive in those early early round matchups against some of these big players, but uh, I think if he gets through a Saul, he's going to win the whole event. And I do think I'm excited for the uh, for the brother brother semifinal if if it happens. It is, uh, you know you can't help but think how it's tough. We just get Muhammad back in some of these big events, and then and then Ali not being in this one. It is going to be exciting when you kind of have everyone back to full strength. You know the other guy missing uh, seems to be Diego, who I think's working back from an injury himself. Um, so. Yeah, it'll be exciting to, you know, see everyone in one draw, hopefully, hopefully coming up in the near future. Any other little minor upsets that you
0: can see coming? One that stands out to me is that I can see Gregoire Marsh making the quarters, which I believe would be his first quarterfinal of uh, this size of tournament. I think he'll, he beat Miguel the last time they played in blackball again. I mean, it feels like every recent result was at ball, whether it was the last one or the one before that. Um, but I can see him beating Miguel again and then going on to, to win against whoever comes up against next, whether it's Kandra or Lucas Serra. And that would potentially take him through to the quarters where he possibly play Tarek if Tarek comes through his section. Yeah,
2: there's... Always some question marks around, kind of like what you know, Mez and Hesham, and I think Yusuf Ibrahim can produce. So, you know, you could see him losing in the in the, in the next round, or you could see him getting a big upset in that second or third round. So, uh, I
1: can't see. What I keeps it fun? It is keeps it very fun. <laughs> Spice of life. All right. Well looking forward to watching a bit of squish uh, yeah. thanks yeah should be good should be a good week sad news is it's not as, it's not as long they haven't extended this quest of as long they've kind of well that's not really sad news it's
0: great. <laughs> I was thinking about that when I was watching today because the last two tournaments we've kind of had separate draws for the men and women and um, you kind of get into the routine of just watching all men's matches or all women's matches and I was thinking of that today when I was watching like one round of men's matches and then around round of women's matches, just how long it'd been since that was the case. I quite I think I kind of prefer it that way because you get a bit of both. Yeah. Keeps you entertained. It
1: does. <laughs> All right. Well, nice one. Uh thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear check us out on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Cheers. I miss squash.